Okay, new topic, new page, please go ahead and turn it. Let's take a look at phonics generalizations in second grade if we could. Now, phonics generalizations and phonics rules are, are synonymous, so just be sure that you can know them uh, both ways. The thing that I would like to begin with will be some vowel patterns. Let's look at some short vowel patterns, some long vowel patterns, and then we'll look at our friends, the diphthongs. The short vowel pattern is quite easy because if we look at A, E, I, O, U in these environments, they're all short, like A, E, I, O, and U in a consonant-vowel-consonant combination. As you see right here, all of the vowels come out short. Listen as I pronounce them. You have mat, pet, bit, not, cut. That's an a sound. That's an e sound, pet. This is an I sound bit, this is a not, and this is a cut. All of them then are short. How do we make them long? Well, one way to do that, of course, is to add our friend the silent E. So let's look across into the next column and look at the CVC silent E pattern. That is consonant, vowel, consonant, silent E. Well, in this environment, A, E, I, O, and U, all of them say their name. For example, we go from mat to mate pet to peat, bit to bite, not to note, cute to cut to cute. And we accomplish that by adding a silent E to the word as you know. Now understand that this was a conscious rule. Somebody in the, let's say, 1500s sat in a chair and decided that readers would know to pronounce these vowels long if they saw a silent E. So the rule didn't just drop out of the sky. Someone had to sit down and create it. Now I want you to remember that there are rule breakers. For example, love and done should be pronounced love and don't, but they're not. We can put little stars by them if you would, if you would like. And the reason for that is sound change. That they used to be pronounced lovendone, but the problem is that English is, is an evolving language, and sometimes the spelling rules do not keep up, nor do they reflect current pronunciations, and that's where you get exceptions to rules from, sound changes and rules that no longer represent what the sound pronunciations used to be. Okay, so moving away then from the short vowel, long vowel, uh, consonant, vowel, consonant, consonant, vowel, consonant, silent E patterns, let's move into the into the diphthong patterns. Okay, well, diphthongs are nothing more than vowel blends. Just as we have consonant blends, we also have vowel blends. And we're looking at some vowel blends right here. Like, let's look at this OY combination. Here's your sometimes Y, when it sounds like an E, basically. That's when you have your sometimes Y. Bo-E, boy. If I really stretch that out, bo-E, you can hear a long O and a long E, boy, boy. It's two vowel sounds that are being produced as a as a blend. Listen to as I pronounce toil. You can hear an O, to, E, and even a schwa sound creeps in there. Toil. So that's actually a trip thong, and we don't. Well, we'll hold you responsible for that, but there are three vowel sounds in that word, so it's not just a diphthong, it's a triphthong. Just remember, look at diphthong, that di means two, and let's have pathongs mean, oh, for our purposes, uh, two uh, vowel sounds. And I'll just write in here two vowel sounds. 
that a diphthong represents two vowel sounds. Now I don't want you to get the idea that it always has to be a vowel-vowel combination to, to have a diphthongized sound. OW in cow, for example, if we look at the OW in cow, you can hear sort of an ah and an oo sound in cow. So OW, that uh, word family, OW, sometimes has a diphthong I sound associated with it, an ah oo sound. Now, OW doesn't always mean that you say a diphthong, obviously, because we have the words grow, which is only producing a long O, grow, and we have the word snow, for example, which is only producing a long O. So please don't get the impression that OW always represents a diphthong. It doesn't. Okay, well let's go to some other uh, short vowel patterns that are really easy. It just seems that whenever we surround a vowel with consonants in the words like drop and block, they're going to come out short. That just seems to be a feature of English. Other long vowel patterns are the vowel-vowel digraphs. Well, as we have vowel blends and these diphthongs that I'm highlighting in sort of uh, blue-black up here at the top of your screen, we also have vowel-vowel digraphs. Like, take a look at each and paint. Now, you must have heard the refrain by, by now that when two vowels are walking, the first one is talking. Well, that's what's happening right here. We have the E in each and the A in paint. So usually the first one can be considered long when you pronounce the vowel-vowel combination. The problem, of course, is that we're talking about English and bread and head are rule breakers because this should be pronounced breed with a long E, it's not, and head should be heed with a long E, and it's not, so we certainly have exceptions to rules. But just be aware that just as we have vowel blends, we also have vowel digraphs where only one sound is heard. Okay, R control, well, it just happens that when we have the R ending a word or a syllable, it's hard to hear sometimes what the vowel is. Like, car could be written K-R, K-R. It's not, of course. Bird should be written out as bird, B-E-R-D, and fur should be E-R. So the point is that there are many different ways to represent that er sound or that uh, R sound, and so it can be difficult for a child to know how to spell a word or decode a word if they run into these R control words with an overpowering R. Some other rules uh, to know include the following. We have uh, hard and soft C, we have hard and soft G, and we have some short vowels. Uh, let's take a look at simply hard and soft C first. Okay, well in this column, cat and cot, we're hearing a K sound, and that's because, again, a rule was worked out that when C was followed by A or O it would come out hard and with city and cycle it would be pronounced with a sound followed by I or Y. Serial is another one that you can throw on the list if you would like for a short vowel word and there's, or excuse me, with a soft C word and there are others but this will suffice for the presentation. Hard and soft G, game got, here we're getting a G sound because when G is followed by A or O it's hard and in this case, the just sound, we're getting uh, a just sound because it's followed by Y or silent E. So it really depends on what sometimes what the vowel following the consonant is to tell you how to pronounce the particular consonant that's in front of you. Short vowels, well, you know that you've got a double consonants when adding ing to certain words, and other times you don't, but there's a particular rule associated with that. Let's look at hop and let's look at hope. You may have already taught this rule or been taught this rule and the 
Teacher probably told you that when it ends in a vowel and a consonant, you double. When it ends in a um, consonant and a silent E, you, you just drop the uh, silent E. That's a silent right here. And add ing. But there's more of a deliberate reasoning behind this, and I'm going to show you what that is right now. If we write down hopping, H-O-P-P-I-N-G, and we write down hoping, H-O-P, ing the reason you double consonants is to tell a reader to pronounce that vowel short it's not just because it ends in vowel consonant if you want to keep that thing short then you've got to double the consonants if you don't double the consonants then what you're telling the reader to do is to pronounce it long so these rules again were conscious and deliberate attempts to give instructions to a reader for how to pronounce a word. So hopping is hopping because of the double consonants in the short vowel. Hoping is long because of the single consonant in uh, following that, uh, that O and telling the reader to pronounce it long. Okay, well these certainly are not all of the phonics rules that exist in the English language, uh, but there certainly are enough to, to get you started. Now, the activities that I would like to introduce to you would be mainly two. We have making words again. And making words is going to be good for something like the silent E rule. You've got like mat, for example, and now we're going to add the silent E to make the word mate. That's going to be used to teach the, uh, the long vowel pattern. Another activity that's common for teaching words with phonics rules in them are sorts. You would, for example, if you're teaching a hard and soft C, you'd make like a cat and a cot pile and a city and a cycle pile. In order for the child to be able to see and identify words that have uh, hard C's and words that have uh, short C's. You can even use making words uh, for doubling consonants too, like we could have the word hop, H-O-P, then introduce the doubled consonant and then the suffix I-N-G. Uh, so these two activities really will be mainly the, the ones of focus or of import for um, making words for silent E, sorting words for hard and soft C, and making words again for doubling uh, consonants. Okay, well the next place that you and I need to go is to open and close syllables so that we can have a child learn some simple polysyllabic words and then we will look at fluency and then we'll get into the upper elementary stuff. So I'll meet you back here in a minute, okay? Thank you so much.